Late signing day is here, or national signing day, however you want to put it. It may have lost the luster of what it once has, but it could be a quite busy day for Ole Miss. We'll see how that goes, and we'll look at the roster construction from the early signing period to now and what is needed in the transfer portal. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in today. And thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, comment down below as well as well as upvoting the video. Thank you very much for that. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right. We're going to talk about how this year has been kind of an unconventional success in recruiting for Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. We realized that all through December and January, there was so much worrying going on and so many people talking about, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do here? What are we going to do here? This happened. That type of stuff to where you may have thought that this signing period is not where it really needs to be. And other than one hole that is being addressed, and we'll talk about that in the second segment at the moment, but through the early signing period and the transfer portal, Ole Miss kind of touched their bases. The two positions that the early signing period really did not have was an edge player and a quarterback. And both of those was an EO Avery decommitment to Maryland and a Marcel Reed decommitment to Texas A&M. That is what caused all the people to start worrying to start with. Those are the things that everybody was worrying about. The fact that it was only a 12-man class and Ole Miss did not reach for a low-level three-star project, everybody started to get worried. But once the transfer portal hit and you saw what was out there and the players that was coming in, you could see that they have a goal that they were trying to hit And it wasn't just acquiring talent. You go in and you get Walker Howard, who has four years of eligibility to replace what Marcel Reed brought in. You have that seemingly an upgrade over what was lost. The edge player of Neil Avery, that really hasn't hit. Chamberlain Campbell um, committed yesterday for the late signing period. That's a little bit of a transition between the edge players because we told you this is a team that has recruited for multiple years for the 3-2-6 defense. If you scrap that, you're going to have some clunky fits at times. You're going to have some recruiting that needs to be stepped up and they're going to have to rush to do it. That is what you're seeing with the jack position right now um, for Pete Golding and the Ole Miss defense. They're trying to clunkily fit players in there, but they need to actually recruit players to run it. You might find somebody in 2023. Cedric Johnson may play over there and actually be really successful doing it. But behind Cedric Johnson, who is 
265, 270 pounds, you're probably going to have a 215-pound linebacker, Kari Coleman, next year. And that range is really not sustainable. So recruiting and building a stockpile at that position is kind of the way to go for Ole Miss moving forward. That is the one clunky position that Ole Miss is going to have to deal with and they might not be able to deal with in 2023. That may be a 2024 recruitment. As you can see, defensive linemen all over the South are getting offered. Jacks are specifically getting mentioned to players in the 2024 class. So I think this year they're just going to try and make it work as best they can. And next year is where they're really going to start building the pieces. They're going to start working around. Because certain players that Ole Miss has recruited, like Ole Miss has every type of, type of defensive back that you would ever need. That's not going to be a problem for Pete Golding. Suntarian per Perkins is a five-star plus player. That's a five-star on every service. He's going to be fine. Um, Jeremiah Jean Batiste, Monty Montgomery, they're going to be fine. But in a lot of ways, those guys are stopgaps while they recruit him. You can see what they're doing in the 2024 class. Pete Golding has completely hit the ground running recruiting-wise for 2024. So that is the reason I say that Ole Miss may not have a top 50 defense in 2023, but they may have an interesting defense. You may have a defense that is 65th in the country, okay, but in the top 20 in turnovers, in the top 15 in the red zone defense. This is going to be a situational defense team. This team's job will be to create possessions for the offense and to do that in different ways. This team is going to give up deep, big plays. This defensive team is not going to be the best defensive team that Pete Golding puts on the field. But he has to figure out a way to win possessions for the offense because skill-wise, the skill possessions on this offense have a chance to be special. They have a chance to be next level. They have a chance to be LSU 2019, Tennessee 2022 level. So the defense only needs to win three or four possessions in a game. So if they can figure out a way to get a sack to force a second and 20, maybe get a turnover here and there, being really good with the football, this is going to be a plus defense for Ole Miss's team, even though statistically they not, might not be very good. You might have a situation where the defense is giving up a chunk of yards, and you know it's 28-28 in the third quarter. The defense gets a stop. All of a sudden, Ole Miss wins the game 49-35. to that, that is what we're looking at this year. Like I said, this is not going to be the best Pete Golding defense. This is going to honestly be the tryout year for a Pete Golding defense. They're going to figure out exactly what you need at positions. Now, 2024 with Centarian Perkins in year two and the players they're going to recruit around and there's defensive backs all over the field, this, team, this defense has a chance to take a step. The year one to year two under Pete Golding could be quite good and it's going to be built off of this recruiting class. Daniel Demery, really good player. Um, A.J. Brown, um, Ahmad or A.J. Brown, really, really good player. The safety players that, that were recruited were really good. Skylar Mann has a chance to be a 
a ball player, at the linebacker position, at a position of need. So we'll see exactly how they develop. Braxton Myers, um, former Army All-American. I'm not sure what that All-Star game is called anymore. It may just be the All-American Bowl, but it's that San Antonio game. Centarian Perkins, Aiden Williams, U.S. Um, Under Armour All-Americans. So that's roughly 25% of the early signing class that participated in those elite national all-star games. That's, that's a good ratio. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Now, this should be a lot of fun. This, this year, in my opinion, was a success for what needed to get done. And once they got Walker Howard, the signing day class was gravy because you've got a five-star, you've got an elite wide receiver, and you've got a generational-type quarterback that can be developed that doesn't have to be thrown into the fire. You've got a chance to have something. When you look at Walker Howard's film, all you see is Matt Corral. Go watch Aiden Williams' high school film. Go watch Centarian Perkins' high school film. Go watch Braxton Myers, Daniel Demery, those guys' high school film, and you can see that they they have something. Jamarius Brown at Moss Point, lining up at linebacker at 270 pounds and dominating. Defensive lineman blocking a punt. There's players on this team, and the transfer portal supplementing that quite well. So now as we go to the late signing day, we're going to talk about it whenever we come back. Um, talking about Chamberlain Campbell and his commitment. We're going to talk about how this late signing day is going to be used to supplement. And after this is done, you're probably 98% of the roster you're going to use going into the late transfer portal window. Anyway, it should be a lot of fun with that. All right, today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make sporting, betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's pretty cool. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, to who scores the first touchdowns. They got tons of prop bets as well. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and a super easy-to-use app. Best of all, you get paid on your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today and at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet. On Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the host that covered the NFL's next generation in college. Find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for a nightly live show from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. All right. 
We talked earlier about how this has been actually a pretty good recruiting cycle for the Ole Miss football team. Chamberlain Campbell has committed. He is the second commit for the late signing day class. There could be more. Like I said, I gave you up to five names to pay attention to. Will Ole Miss get all of them? No, they will not. Will Ole Miss get some of them? Yes, probably. Now they're up to two of those five that have committed. Chamberlain um, Campbell is a defensive end and edge. He's 6'7", 210 pounds, at a Lakewood High School in St. Petersburg, Florida. That's near my neck of the woods. Um, good player. He looks thin. And whenever you look at his high school tape, you can see the athleticism. You can see the potential there going. This is a potential signing. This is somebody that you can look at the movements. You can look at the height. You can look at all the things that you don't, you're not able to teach and you can build those guys up. Now, this is a player that probably needs to put on 25, 30 pounds. And the training table at Ole Miss is actually going to really be beneficial to somebody like that. They're going to feed him. He's going to eat a ton of food. They're going to have a nutritionist to try and figure out how to get him where they want him. Good player. You see him rushing off the end. He's a fairly twitchy guy. Um, He catches tackles. In, in high school. That's something he's going to have to learn to stop. Because at this next level, whenever you catch tackles and you take that impact, um, it, it could be quite painful. So he needs to learn to give the impact going in and not tackle so much with his arms. Like I said, he catches um, ball carriers at the moment because he's so big and so strong. So we'll see exactly how that goes. There's several things that he needs to work with, but his natural rust skills and his natural ability to bend and get around the edge is quite good. Like I said, if he was 250 pounds right now, um, he would probably be a four-star player. But the fact that he's 6'7", 215 means that he's not a year one player. He's probably may not be a year two player, but if you develop him, he has a chance to be pretty special. Now, The danger that a player like this presents to a school like Ole Miss is what if you put him at the training table and what if you develop him, get him ready to play, and as a redshirt sophomore, he is ready to take the field as the starting jack for the Ole Miss defense. That's two years. I mean, that's not beyond the realm of possibility. But in the age of the transfer portal, he gets upset about something. In those two years that you just invested in these players, it ends. Now, there's certain people that are going to be upset by that and whenever you see what's going on because, I don't know, they, they are against player movement, they're, all of this stuff. It, there's certain things that are just, you're just going to have to deal with, just is what it is. And that's the reason recruiting is changing and that's the reason that Ole Miss is investing so much in the transfer portal. Ole Miss is in a position to where they can get 25 five stars in a year. They're not in a position to get 25 four stars right now, but they are in a position to get 25 players, even though there's no 25 anymore, that are pretty good and can fill needs. And they're using them both in recruiting. They're finding the best players they can in high school recruiting for what they want to do for people that they've termed can get on the field in a hurry. And the transfer portal to actual plug immediate needs. 
is actually a quite brilliant plan. And you have all the people, the same people that said Kansas State back in the day, it was not sustainable that they were recruiting junior college so hard. And that's not the way to build a program. Any change like that, there's going to be pushback all over the place. The same thing's happening with the transfer portal now. People are already saying, like, before we get to this late transfer portal window in May, there's not going to be anybody available in that. How do you know? This is the first time we've ever done this. We don't know who's going to be in there. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, players that get into the transfer portal that don't pull out, like Demoy Kennedy, he he might can go to Alabama. His scholarship could be good. He could go through spring and decide whether or not he wants to move on. Stuff like that, you know, as soon as the semester's over, if he doesn't leave the portal, he would be able to leave because he's already in there. So we'll see exactly what happens over the next six months. Because, like I said, the roster is about 98% built at this point. Now, Davidson Igbenosen um, transferred to Ohio State yesterday. Um, saw that on the Grove report. Now, I bring that up to bring this up. When a player leaves Ole Miss, whether transferring, whether um, to the really the NFL draft, I don't really talk about that player that much anymore. Uh, it's just what I do. I, I, I am locked on Ole Miss. So, but what people need to realize with a player like Davidson, there's going to be some hand-wringing with this player because of potential. Not because of production. The re- production can be replaced. The production will be replaced. You're not many passes, defended tackles. All of these corners can give you that same production that you lost. The hand-wringing comes for the free beer tomorrow crowd that is going off of potential of where they think this player should develop. Now, Davidson could be a very good player. I'm not saying he's not. But until it's fulfilled, I don't think it's fair to judge that player at the point, this point, based entirely on potential. I think production needs to come into the realm of possibility. Now, I'm sure he's going to do well at Ohio State. I think Tashim is Oregon. Those are the two players in the transfer portal that have left Ole Miss that honestly had a place, starting place, if they stayed. So good luck to them and everything, but just realize that I'm not – if somebody leaves like that, I am not going to freak out about that. I'm not going to talk about that, even when a player goes in the NFL draft. I'm more concerned about who is going to be on the team on September 1st, 2023. That That is my mindset with the Ole Miss football team. That's just the way I work. Now, some people, they're like the total fans to where they care about everything. And Ole Miss players, they follow them through the NFL – and they're going to be wearing their Eagles jersey in the Super Bowl and all that. And that, that's fine. That's absolute. But that's not the way I do football. It, it, when I, the way I do Ole Miss. I'm more concerned about what's there, what's happening. I'm not concerned about what missed, who left. That that doesn't concern me. I want to. Cons- I'm, I'm more concerned with how to maximize who you have. That's the way I watch what's going on. Maybe it's my time in that building when you're trying to build a team each and every year that you're not you're you can kind of cut off who left. These are the hundred players that are important. How do you 
get them to be the best team possible. That's one of the reasons um, with what happened in November, I reacted the way I did because I viewed that as sabotage to the current team. It just is what it is. Anyway, Chamberlain Campbell commit. There may be more coming up. We'll see what happens. It could be a relatively busy day today on National Signing Day. Anyway, I do want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat or calories, then you've got to try Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they're healthy. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a walking whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. I'm serious. Head to the nearest Walmart today and walk into the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. But if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. So now you can do the Built.com thing. Go to Walmart. You can do the Sam's Club. Built Bar is expanding. They're becoming everywhere. Hey, Walmart's a big deal for Built, um, so good for them as well. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notification and participate in the conversation by commenting down below. And, of course upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. All right. Normally in the third segment, we have our guests come in and we do our extra videos. But since tonight, we're going to um, basically put up our replay from our spaces from Tuesday night. We're going to talk about what does this roster need now? There's going to be stuff that people are talking about all over the camp. And I may cut this up for a standalone video as well. But... People are going to look at this roster and say, where are the holes? Because Ole Miss changed systems from a 3-2-6 to um, what Pete Golding is running, there's going to be clunky fits. It's not exactly where it needs to be. For instance, they are heavily recruiting a jack position, the defensive end linebacker hybrid. They are recruiting those. That is a free space from what this roster needs moving forward. I think in 2023, somebody like Cedric Johnson could be over there. Card Coleman could be over there. You see the range that we're dealing with um, at the moment. But eventually, they're going to recruit guys to fit that um, need. Now, Camarion Franklin would fit that need immediately. He'd slide right over into that position. So Ole Miss is going to recruit the Dickens out of that guy. But for 2023, what are we looking at besides a jack? Now, linebackers and backup linebackers, depending on who steps up and who takes to this system quickly, I think a linebacker or two may be necessary um, moving forward. Now, we have Scholar Man. We have um, the kid from Virginia. I forget his name. Sorry, Tyler something. Um, and we have, like, Mon 
Monty Montgomery and Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste and Santarian Perkins and those guys, for the middle of the linebackers and the jack and the hybrid position, it'll be interesting to see how Ole Miss situates that. I think that is the biggest need for 2023. And that's offense, defense, everything. There are going to be some people that look at the special teams. Caden Costa is going to be back. He's going to be the field goal kicker. Field goal kicking is going to be fine. It was fine two years ago. It's going to be fine next year. Um, everybody's going to look that Jonathan Cruz left. You're going to get Caden Costa back. You're going to be fine there. They brought somebody in to handle the kickoff duties to where Caden Costa can just worry um, about kicking the ball off the ground as a field goal to make it easy in that transition. That's good as well. Everybody that plays golf knows that sometimes when you put the ball on the tee and you hit the ball off the ground, one of those is easier than the other, and one can mess up the other. So kicking off of a kickoff tee and kicking off the ground is kind of a similar thing. But Caden Costa is going to be back. Frazier Mason punting the ball kind of has to get better. But he's a true freshman. We'll see what happens. But Ole Miss is at the point where if he doesn't improve in spring, I'm sure they can go get a punter um, in the late transfer portal window. They do not want to. They want him to get better, honestly. So we'll see what Frazier Mason does. By the end of the year, that 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 was a problem. That, that absolutely was a problem, punting the ball. But we'll see exactly um, what Ole Miss wants to do there. Offensively, I think they're about fine. I do think what they need to do is the winner of the Jackson Dart Spencer Sanders competition becomes the number one quarterback and Walker Howard becomes the number two. The loser of the quarterback competition goes down to number three. I think that is in the best interest of the Ole Miss football team. It's not about um, handing somebody something or anything like that. It's about developing Walker Howard and getting him ready for 2024. Because if this goes right, if you ask Lane Kiffin, it's like, hey, from the quarterback position – Give me two things that you want or one thing that you don't want. And this is what I think he would answer. He either wants Jackson Dart to absolutely win the job and ball out, throw for 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns and six picks, go to the NFL draft, and everybody talking about how well Lane Kiffin develops quarterbacks. Or he wants Spencer Sanders throwing for 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions, graduating, going to the NFL draft. What I don't think he wants is Jackson Dart throwing for 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, to the point where he has to do this yet again. He either wants Jackson Dart to be so good that he can go pro. He either wants Spencer Sanders to um, to win the job outright and um, really ball out. But he does not want Jackson Dart to win the job and be average. I think that is the worst possible situation for Ole Miss football. Because the way this is set up, this year Jackson Dart can win the job. Ball out. Go pro. Everybody's happy. Walker Howard's the quarterback in 2024. Spencer Sanders can win the job. Ball out. Or graduate. Even Spencer Sanders could, could win the job and be average. Because he's going to graduate, get out, Walker Howard's the quarterback for 2024. You see what I'm saying here? The whole goal of this season for Walker Howard is to get him developed and get him ready for 2024. I think Walker Howard's going to get 
enough attention from Lane Kiffin over the next year to get him ready to go. I think this is the plan. I think when you see Walker Howard, you see Matt Corral. We've seen this before. We need to get Walker Howard to the point where Matt Corral was at the beginning of 2020. If we can get him to that point, I think it really can take over because Michael Trigg, Chris Marshall, weapons all over the field, all-conference running back. And that was with a quarterback this year that has a chance to be pretty good. Nobody's saying that Jackson Dart can't do it this year. Nobody's saying that Spencer Sanders is not going to win the job. But whoever wins that job, the only ask is just don't be average. Don't be a dude. You know, don't be just a guy. If you can win the job and be good to the point where you can go pro, that's a victory. That's a win. So, if it doesn't look good and both guys struggle, I do think the conversation has to happen next August. Like, hey, we need to look at Walker Howard. We need to look and see exactly what he can do. Because this dude's the future of the position. We need to treat him starting right now as that. But that's exactly what the roster needs this year. Um, And we talked about the quarterback position and how that should be handled as well. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's got everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, thank you very much for tuning in today. We hope Ole Miss has a good signing day today. Anywhere from two to five players could sign on the bottom line today, in my opinion. Um, we'll see exactly how it goes. So it should be a busyish signing day. Um, so we'll see how it goes. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But anyway, we'll see you then. Peace.